excited uh, about this word that uh, God released in my spirit. I've, I've preached a uh, few times out of this uh, chapter, but uh, I believe that God just kind of uh, refreshed some things and just brought some uh, new revelation uh, to my life. And, and I think it's just absolutely on target uh, with the season that God has us in, with what God is uh, trying to do in our lives. So I'm, I'm so thankful that you're here to be a part and to hear the word today. And uh, if you look around and you see somebody that may not be here, and encourage them to go to the website and to uh, pull this up and to, to listen to it. Uh, I believe that it's important that we as a body be unified and that we be receiving uh, the word of God that God is sowing in us. I believe that it brings us together. It gets us on the same page with God and gets us going in the same direction that God is going. It builds our faith and uh, it allows God's blessing to be poured out in the place of the unity of his church. Uh, I want us to go to the last chapter of John this morning and if you want to follow me and uh, your Bibles, that's fine. We will be posting uh, the scriptures that I'm going to be bringing uh, out of the New Living Translation. But I just kind of want to bounce around in this last chapter of John and uh, just kind of bounce around through it. And, and let's just let the Lord speak some stuff uh, into our lives this morning. Let's, let's be open-minded. Uh, a lot of times our flesh can overpower our spirit. Sometimes the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. How many knows that? And a lot of times we can misconceive a word that is spoken and our flesh throws up our defenses and we get offended. Uh, that was that religious crowd uh, in the day that Jesus walked this earth and ministered. They were so offended and so just deceived. Uh, and it was their flesh that was causing that. So if you hear something uh, that might not just sound just right, just stay with it this morning. And let the Holy Spirit just perfect this word in your life. It, listen to what God might be saying to you. That's the power of the word. God can speak a word out over his church, over a group of people, over the world, and it can be one word. But that word might do something in this life and another thing in this life, and absolutely somebody else receives something totally different, just from the absolute one word, just the same word. Uh, so it's the Spirit of God that we lean on to perfect that Word uh, and to, to disciple it in our heart and in our spirit according to God's will and purpose. Uh, we are all uniquely made, but so close and so much alike that if we could just open up to that, it would be absolutely scary. And that's one of the tricks uh, that the enemy uses in, to try to isolate us and making us think that we're in a place that nobody else has ever been, that we're in a place that nobody else is. And uh, so I don't want that to happen this morning, and I don't want your uh, flesh to be able to trick you or Satan to be able to deceive you. Uh, so let God perfect this word 
in your life this morning and do with it what he desires. And I believe that everyone in here can and will receive something uh, from God's word this morning that will encourage you, that will strengthen you, that will lift you up, and and that also will correct uh, maybe an error in our life or someplace where we stray. But anyways, I just want to get into this this morning. I want to just start off with verse 4, uh, John chapter 21 and verse 4. Because I believe that this verse kind of ties in with where God has us at right now. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. So notice the word dawn. Webster defines it as to begin to grow light, or as the sun rises. It's the moment when a new day begins to manifest itself. Dawn is that strategic point, moment in time, that the new day begins to manifest itself. It's when you actually are able to see it. Uh... I've sat in the deer blind many early morning hours in in total, absolute darkness. I knew that there was a new day there. I knew that there was a new day there. Maybe the previous day, if I had been there, or maybe the previous week, by this time more leaves had fell. Maybe more things had died. Maybe more things had grown. Maybe new animals in the area, new birds in the area. The sun may be in a little bit different position. But things had changed. And I knew the new day was there. But I had to wait on dawn's light to reveal it. And I believe that that's where we are today. A few weeks back, God declared a new season over us. And I truly believe that God is trying to bring us into the light of a new day with him. I really believe that. I just have sensed in my spirit and I know within myself that a few weeks back that we were just in a drought and in a famine, that we were just in a dry season. And I think many of us were in survival mode. And I know that many of you were here that Sunday. And those of you that were not, I believe, trust that you went back to hear the sermon concerning a new season. It was the first day of autumn that day. And we were also past the 37 weeks. So in spiritual terminology, we were, in, we were full term with what God had for us for this year. And it started out with God giving Elijah a word after it had not rained for three and a half years. So I know that still we're holding on to a mental picture. We're holding on to a vision of this new day, of this new season. But I believe that God is trying to progress it in our lives. I know that God spoke a word through my sister-in-law, through Rose's sister, that God was going to speed it up that he was going to make it quick. 
And I believe that God is wanting us to continue to hold on to the vision, to the mental picture that we have to be faithful with this word. But I believe that God is wanting to begin to manifest the, the, the dawn of this thing in our lives. Uh, here is a church, but also individually in our families. We are the church. The church goes home with us. We are the church. So I believe that personally and corporately, God is wanting to begin to manifest the light and reveal this new season, this new day to us. Now, verse 4 ends with these words. The disciples couldn't see who he was. Now, the Amplified Version says they didn't know it was Jesus. They didn't know it was Jesus. They could not see who he was. Verse 8 of this chapter reveals that they were only about 100 yards away from Jesus. Got any football players in the house this morning? Anybody ever play football? Few? Anybody ever been on a football field, maybe for graduation or anything like that? Anybody very good at math and know a little bit about 100 yards? <laughs> okay. <laughs> now we're connecting. I played football for years. It was just a passion of mine. And I had no problem, and I think Danny can confirm this, I had no problem recognizing my teammates at 100 yards. Even in helmets and in uniform, just by the built of their bodies, just their voices even. I mean, at 100 yards, when you know somebody like these disciples knew Jesus, when he spoke, you would be able to recognize the voice. See, these men were no strangers to Jesus. They, they knew him. They had walked with him for three and a half years. They ate with him. They had slept with him. They had walked with him. They had seen his miracles. They had heard his voice. Even Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and they know my voice. But the disciples at a 100 yards could not identify with Jesus. They didn't know who he was. Now, I believe the main reason that many aren't seeing who God really is is because they've positioned themselves in a place of failure. Now, I want us to back up a few years in the life of these men in our text today. I want us to back up to where at least three of them met him for the first time. So we're going to go to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. I want to read verse 4, 5, 8, 10 and 11. I believe we're going to get those on the screen for you. Luke chapter 5, verses 4, 5, 8, 10, 11, for those of you taking notes. When he had finished speaking, and he, being Jesus, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. 
Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, Look at your neighbor and say, from now on. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. From this moment in time, from this place forward, you will be fishing for people. As soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Left everything and followed Jesus. Now, After walking with Jesus for three and a half years, and after two personal visitations after his resurrection to these men, our text chapter reveals this. John 21 and 3. John 21 and 3. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat but they caught nothing all night. They caught nothing all night. When God calls you out of something unproductive and blesses you with the word to live in, then don't expect a different result if you go back to that old way. If God calls you out of an unproductive life, of a barren lifestyle and calls you into a word to live by and you make a decision as Peter did that day and said, I'm going fishing. I'm going back to where I started. I'm going back to my old way of life. Don't expect any different result. It'll always be the same. And when we do that, we set ourselves up for failure when we live outside of what God has given. If I make a conscious decision to live outside of what God has given me, of what God has blessed me with, I place myself in a position of failure. It'll happen every time. God will not operate outside the realm of his word. You see, you can't put God's word over here and then put God over here. God and his word is one. You can't separate it. You, 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 you can't divide God and his word. They're one. So God doesn't operate outside the rim of his word that he has given us. Have those disciples not positioned themselves in that place of failure and stayed within the rim of the word Jesus gave them, it would have positioned them in the place to see God. It would have positioned them in the place to know God. That place of failure that is outside the word of God will totally distort our perception 
the perception of thinking, the perception of speaking, the perception of walking, and the perception of our faith. It distorts it. It will absolutely bring you to a beaten down place. Now, it's going to take a miracle to get them back to where they need to be. It's going to take a miracle to bring them back to a place of fresh revelation of who Jesus is. Because they place themselves, position themselves in a place of failure by operating outside the word that God had given. From this time forward, from now on, you'll be fishing for people. Jesus said, I'm going to make you fishermen of men. But after three and a half years of walking with him, after two visitations, and this being the third visitation, Peter says, I'm going fishing. He set himself up for failure. If we're in a beaten down state, it may be a good idea to begin to inventory our life and to parallel it with God's word. Now, don't get me wrong because I'm not saying God doesn't love you. I'm not saying that God's not going to be merciful and graceful to you. I'm not even insinuating that you lose your salvation. Understand, the prodigal was still a son, even in the slot of the pig's pen. His status did not change. The love his father had for him did not change. But when he did it his way, it took him out from under the blessing of the father. He set himself up for failure. And that's exactly what the disciples did. They set themselves up for failure by operating outside the realm of the word that God had given to them. And now it's going to take a miracle to get these men back to the place of fresh revelation of who Jesus is. But this is crazy good right here. If you want to jump up and kind of do a little jig, that, 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 that won't bother me a bit. Just help yourself if you want to just kind of dance before the Lord because this is good stuff right here. God simply, once again, gives them rhema, word, to live in. This, this is beautiful. Watch this miraculous power of the word of God at work. Going to, staying in the chapter, 21st chapter of John. Going to do verse 5, 6, 7, 10, 11, and 12. 5, 6, 7, 10, 11, and 12. Jesus called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that, it was the Lord. He put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water, and headed to shore. 
Bring some of the fish you just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to shore. There were 153 large fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples, look at your neighbor and say none. Look at your neighbor and say zero. Look at your neighbor and say nada. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. That word knew is they had intimate knowledge that it was the Lord. Mm, That's good stuff. Now notice verse 7. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. Now wait a minute. The boat had not moved any closer to shore. It was still setting about a hundred yards off from shore. Jesus is standing there in the dawn of a new day. In the light of a new day. They don't recognize him. They don't know who he is. And he's standing there and he says, have you caught any fish? About a hundred yards offshore. They don't know who he is. No, we haven't. Let down your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll catch some. They do it. The boat has not moved. It's still a hundred yards out. They're still in the light and the dawn of a new day. They're no closer to Jesus than they were just moments ago. So how did John recognize Jesus? How does he now know exactly who he is? Because his position in the word changed. His position in the word changed. He went from a backward motion of where Jesus had found him in the beginning to beginning to operate and to walk and to exercise himself, his life, in a word. Jesus gave them a fresh word to operate in, and when that happened, it changed his position. And he knew in an instant, he looked at Peter and he said, That's Jesus. That is Jesus. All because of a word. And I don't care who you are, but that's some good stuff. Give him praise. We are able to have a fresh identity of the Lord through his word. As a matter of fact, our whole sense to identify is there within the words of God. Our whole sense to identify, to identify ourselves, to identify him, to identify all around us. It's there within the words of God. When we go back to the beginning, it was within the word of God that Peter was able to identify himself to the words of Christ. He said, nevertheless, at your word, said, we fished all night, haven't caught nothing. But if you say so, if your word say so, then I'm going to do it. 
If that's what you're telling me to do, then I'm going to do it. It's like the mother, Mary, of Jesus that told the servants at the wedding of Canaan. There in the second chapter of John, I believe, whatever he says, do it. They had ran out of wine. They had ran out of joy. They had ran out of spirit. There was fixing to be a huge embarrassment. And Jesus says, what's that to me and you? It's not my time. It's not, it's not ready. And she says to the servants, whatever he says, do it. Whatever he says, do it. Whatever he says, do it. Whatever God says, do it. Whatever Jesus says, do it. And Peter begins to hear that word, lets down, and then he looks at Jesus. He all of a sudden identifies himself. He says, I'm a sinner. I don't need to be around you. We're too close right now. I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable within operating within the realm of this word. Jesus says, that's okay, buddy. I'm fixing to change your identity. I'm fixing to change your season. The Bible says that he left everything. He forsook everything. And he followed Jesus. Wow. God reels them right back. He reels them. He, he reels them out of the place of failure. How good is that? And right back into the place of intimate knowledge with the miracle working power of his words. Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves you and me. Look at your neighbor and say, God's in love with you. Aren't you glad for second chances? Aren't you glad for third chances? Aren't you glad for fourth chances? Aren't you glad for a lifetime of chances? I am. I'm so thankful for God's patience. I'm so thankful that he never gives up on me. I'm so thankful for his promise that he's going to finish the good work that he started in me. I know I've shared this before, but my little baby girl used to sing a song, He's Still Working On Me. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me. I'm thankful for God's love. When Jonah tried to operate outside the word of God, he ended up in a storm. And it got worse. He ended up in the belly of a fish. But then God... Send him a word. Thank God that he never gives up on us. I want us to see something else. John 21 and 9. John 21 and 9. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them. Fish cooking over a charcoal fire, and, and some bread. This is, what I want, this is what I believe God wants us to see here. The Lord has more 
than you've been searching for already prepared for you to receive. We just sometimes get impatient with God. Hey, I mean, if it can happen to Abraham and Sarah, it can happen to any of us. We just get impatient with God. I don't, you know, we could blame it on our microwave society because we want everything yesterday. But I'm pretty sure that Abraham and Sarah didn't live in a microwave society. So it happens. We just get impatient with God. And we get out there on the sea of life, just kind of drifting around, trying to speed up the process, trying to just kind of find our own way through life. Let me just getting tired of holding this picture, this promise of rain, this promise of new season, this promise of fishing for men. I think if he was going to make me that, he would have already made me that. I, I, need to, I need to go back to my old life and make sure I didn't miss something. Make sure that, 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 that I didn't leave something back there that, that I might need. And we get out there just kind of drifting. And we're searching. That deep down hunger of our spirit can only be satisfied at the table of God's presence with what the burning flames of his passion has prepared for us. And it is his word that brings us to that banquet table. That deep down hunger, that thirst, that desire, that dream of our spirit man can only, only, only be satisfied at the table of God's presence with what the burning flames of his passion has prepared for us. And it is his word that brings us to that banquet table. An interesting conversation begins to take place with Simon and Jesus after breakfast. In verses 15 through 17, Jesus asked Peter three times, Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? You see, sometimes we forget this is a love affair. We want to get all caught up in God's love for us. How much does God love us? And what is God's love going to bless me with today? But here, God is wanting to know, Do you love me? So it's apparently relevant with God wanting to know, 
do you love me? And of course, like Simon Peter, we say, God, you know I love you. I love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. But the words of Jesus are, feed my lambs, take care of my sheep, and feed my sheep. Feed my lambs, take care of my sheep, and feed my sheep. The proof is in our obedience. That is living within his words to us. The proof of our love is in our obedience. And that is living within the words that he's given to us. According to 1 John 5 and 3, the proof that we love God comes when we keep his commandments. Not, uh, listen, this is not my words. This is the word that God has given to us. Either we embrace the whole word or, or we don't. I'm not trying to be legalistic this morning. I'm not trying to operate in a religious spirit. I think everyone in this house knows me a lot better than that. I'm not a churchy person. I'm just talking and speaking the facts of God's holy word. The proof is in our obedience, according to 1 John 5 and 3. The proof that we love God comes when we keep his commandments. I mean, that's pretty clear. That's black and white. You see, it doesn't matter whether you or I agree with what's being said. It's the word of God simply as the word of God. And our claims and all the eloquent quotes of men, whatever they may be, will not alter this word. It simply won't. Inventory your life. Inventory your life. Parallel it with God's word. And see what you're living in. See what you're operating in. There may be some areas that we need to tweak, that we need to allow God to tweak. We need to listen. We need to be students of the Word of God and see where that Word is trying to bring us and lead us to, instead of just dismissing it. See, our spirit is willing to receive, but our flesh is weak, and it's wanting to catch the offense. It's wanting to be defensive. It's wanting to try to, the flesh is wanting to try to interpret God's word to your spirit. That'll never work. You must allow the Holy Spirit to interpret the word of God to your spirit, not your flesh, not your desires. You see, what's actually taking place here is a reinstatement or a re positioning that is taking place here. I mean, this is beautiful. God is not trying to beat Simon Peter down. God loves Simon Peter. God is not condemning Simon Peter. God is not trying to make Simon Peter 
feel unworthy. God is reinstating and bringing, repositioning him on his word. You see, on the night leading up to the Lord's death on the cross, Peter stood around a fire made by man and denied three times that he ever knew Jesus. Now, on Christ's third visitation after his death, Peter's given the opportunity to stand by a fire made by God and confess his love three times for the resurrected Savior. How awesome is that? What a demonstration and a picture of God's love for us. God didn't say, you know what, Peter, I remember. I remember. Don't you remember me turning and looking at you? I remember you denying me. You said you loved me. No, 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 no. He began to give words that would reinstate and bring Peter back to a new day. Mm. I assure you that the love of God's not going to give up on you. I promise you his love will never give up on you. It will continue providing you with opportunity to get yourself positioned in a new day of blessing. His love for you will continue to provide the opportunity for you to reposition yourself in a new day of miraculous blessing, revelation, and destiny. But the fact still remains we don't need to waste any more of our time fishing in the darkness of yesterday. No, 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 no. In closing, let me replan and leave you with this nugget of truth in your life. John chapter 21, John chapter 21, verses 20 through 22. John chapter 21, verses 20 through 22. And I'm closing with this this morning. Heard somebody once say, what does it mean when a Pentecostal preacher says, I'm closing? Absolutely nothing. Some of them have been known to close 20, 30, 40, 50 times. Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved. The one who had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that? to you. As for you, follow me. As for you, follow me. You see, the moment we get our focus off of where we're going with Jesus and on where someone else is going with him, the danger of getting tripped up increases abundantly. The moment we turn our attention off where we're going with Jesus, and begin to get our eyes on where somebody else is going with Jesus. There's an increase for us to trip up. There's an increase for us to lose our place of positioning. 
Jesus basically tells Peter, it's none of your business what I choose for his life. It's none of your business what I choose for his life. Now, focus back on yourself and follow me. It's basically what Jesus told him. It's none of your business. We get our eyes on how God is anointing somebody, on how God is blessing somebody, on what somebody else is doing. And when we turn back around, Jesus is 100 yards out. And we're uncertain if that's him. God is trying to get us to live within the realm of his word. We need to be students of God's word. It's our spiritual nourishment. And it should be the daily product of our lives. It'll be the foundation that begins to manifest this new day in our lives and in his church. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to just dismiss us in prayer from this place. and We're about to just bless our kids, just love them today with And we're going to be having some wonderful fellowship, a lot of fun and laugh this afternoon. But I don't want us to leave the atmosphere of this word in this sanctuary today. I want us to receive it and to embrace it begin to walk in it and live in it. And watch what God becomes in this new season. Watch what God does through us in this new season. We can no longer afford to fish in the darkness of yesterday. God has brought us out of that with his loving Words of grace, truth. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much for your love for us that you're willing to give an in-season word of revelation for our lives. God, it's so easy, Lord, We're all so much like Simon Peter. God, there are so many of us. We're in that boat. We're out there in the darkness, just trying to fish our way through life. We don't have to do that, God. You've given us your word to live in. And God, when we live in that word, there is abundant blessings flowing. God, there is an abundance of anointing. It's in the realm of your word 
that the operation of the miraculous takes place. Father, help us to understand that you already have prepared within your word everything, even more than we're desiring, any more than we're hungry for, more than what we're thirsty for. God, help us to leave our old ways of trying to do things our way behind us. Lord, it didn't work then, and it will not work now. Lord, just help us to be able to crucify our flesh today. Lord, help us not to be critical. Help us not to be judgmental. Help us not to murmur against what you have set your table with. Help us, God, to just allow your spirit to perfect in our spirit what you are wanting us to walk in. God, help us to trust you today. Help us to trust you today. To sit there, Lord, at what you have created, at what you have made, and to be satisfied with it. God, you were just gathering us in your arms of love and you were restating, repositioning us. You, you've let us know, God, that you're not judging us today. You're not condemning us. You don't want us to, feel, to leave here feeling unworthy and guilty. No, 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 no. God, you're wanting us to feel your presence. You're wanting us to know that you're with us. And there is a new day that you are standing in. And God, you want, us to, you want to bring us into the manifestation of that new day. You're wanting us to be able to identify you and identify ourselves and identify all that we have and all that's going on in our lives in and through your word. You are Jehovah Jireh. You're the Lord who provides. You have made provision for us today. Now, I pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit be able to just perfect it all in great revelation that we begin to embrace the nuggets of your truth spoken into our lives today. And it absolutely transforms our lives and it brings healing to the areas that need to be healed, God. You're not going to quit. You're not going to turn away from the work that you are doing in our lives we are your children you are our father and you love us and you have more for us we cannot settle for good when you have called us to greatness so father we rest in who you are we abide in the vine and we say let the fruit of your word be produced in abundant fashion in our lives. May we leave here encouraged. May we leave here strengthened. May we leave here, God, with a foundation anew to walk our lives and to live our lives in. Lord, just begin to call those things that are not Open our spiritual sight, our spiritual hearing, our spiritual understanding, our spiritual conception. God, help us to come into agreement and begin to speak the words that you were speaking. Help us to walk and to be doers of the word, not just hearers. 
God, we're totally, totally, totally dependent upon you. But you cannot fail. You are faithful. So we rest in your promises. And that God, this is a new season. And we're going to begin to see the manifestation of this new day. And God, it's going to blow our minds at the wonderful and great and awesome things that you are about to do. God, I just pray that a healing, God, flow through this congregation of people. I pray for a wholeness spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally, and psychologically to consume us, God, in this house this morning ignite a fire of passion for your word for your presence set us on fire to burn brightly for you help us to make an impact in the generation that you have placed us in you have brought this group of people into the kingdom for such a time as this I'm not among God, some mass production produced on some assembly line. God, I am among people that have been molded and shaped by the hands of God and the breath of your lungs have been breathed into them. They are anointed and they are world changers. So, Lord, we believe your rebuke and the devour for our sakes and we embrace the harvest. And we call it in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. We call it in from Gregg County, Upshur County, Smith County, and Wood County. Let it be unto us according to your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray it in the people of the Lord. Say amen. Can you just one more time with me give God a hand clap of praise in this house? Hallelujah. Thank you for being here today. I trust and pray that God has blessed you. He will continue to work this word and bring it to what he has purposed it to be. It will not return void.